Right, so we're still here at the ICM in Hyderabad in India. And um, I went to a very interesting talk the other day given by a lady called Cynthia Dwork from Microsoft. And it was about her work uh, which involves ensuring individuals' privacy given that all our details are held on lots and lots of different databases these days and some of them are public, even though anonymous. Um, and the question is how can we ensure that people um, don't breach individuals' privacy by asking loads and loads of questions of these databases and then putting the pieces back together in a way that makes it possible to in, uh, identify individuals. So there have been um, several high-profile examples of this happening, um, including one where the health data of a governor in the US was identified. So I asked Cynthia to explain what that example was about. So this was work done by Latanya Sweeney. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it was 1998. And w what she did was she took uh, health maintenance organization data records that I guess uh, contained information including zip codes and um, mm -hmm. even though the data from the HMO contained no names it contained these three fields and she cross-referenced this with the voter registration records which also contained birth date, uh, gender and um, zip code and she identified the records of the governor of Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. The fact is that all of us are probably part of quite a few databases. Um, and the, the, the problem is that if somebody um, combines the information from various ones in the correct way, we could be identified and our privacy could be breached. So what can you do about this? So what, what is the first approach to trying to prevent people from being able to do that? I suppose the first approach is to encourage responsible use of databases. Mm -hmm. uh, the work that I discussed today involves statistical analysis of databases and how could you safely release statistics about uh, the people in a database while safely maintaining their privacy. And how would you do that? Roughly speaking, the way we do this is by um, in just the right way, perturbing the true answer to the question and giving what we would call a noisy answer. And the, um, that's a very natural thing to try and you have to, it does work and you have to do it the right way and you also have to be very careful because uh, the attacker, who is also your data analyst, may be asking many different questions. And the little bits of information that are leaked in the answers to these different questions uh, could accumulate. And that's why in what we do, we have to pay a lot of attention to how the answers to different questions and the answers to questions from different databases uh, uh, have to compose the right way. Mm -hmm. And we provide some technology for doing this. Mm -hmm. So basically the idea is if somebody um, asks a question to which the answer would be 50, um, the whatever algorithm you have would return 48 in many cases or something like that. So you get an overall accurate picture from your questions to the database, but it's individually fudged. That's an excellent example. You're exactly right. Mm -hmm. So the idea is to add just a little bit of randomness, a little bit of random distortions to the answer to a question that somebody has asked of the database. 
um, just to ensure that the answers are never completely correct, which then makes it more difficult to identify someone. And what Dwork and her colleagues found is that the more people there are in a database, um, the more entries there are in a database, the less randomness you have to add, the less random distortion, because essentially if there's a massive database, you're harder to identify within it. But the more questions that are being asked of a database, the more randomness you have to add to it, because otherwise adversaries could overcome the little bit of randomness added to the answers just by asking loads and loads of different questions of a database. But there is another interesting question which um, underlies all this work, and that's what um, privacy really is. I'm not going to get into the philosophy mm. of privacy, but what we did do was come up with a definition which uh, seems to capture everybody's intuition about privacy in that the things that many people worried about uh, are captured by our definition and at the same time it translates well into mathematics and uh, there are also techniques for achieving our notion of privacy, mathematical techniques for achieving our notion of privacy. But I would never try to say that uh, this answers all the philosophical mm. notions of privacy. So um, what, what would be, do you think, the main thing that most people worry about in terms of privacy? I think what people worried about, worry about is being harmed. They worry that um, by joining a database and, and allowing their data to be used, uh, somehow or other, uh, when they try to do things in the future, uh, private information that may be compromising or damaging about them that they allowed to be included in the first database will have been leaked out and will hurt them. So for example, uh, somebody might worry that uh, some health condition that they have would somehow or other become public and that this could interfere with, say, their ability to get a certain job. And you also you mentioned some kind of general notion of privacy which was about um, somebody views about somebody <laughs> shouldn't change after they have looked at the database. Um, could you explain that a bit more? Well, a very intuitive notion of privacy is that um, a database, a statistical database that's trying to just release statistics about the population while preserving the privacy of individuals, um, that, that when the analyst what the analyst knows about me before consulting this statistical database should be essentially the same as what the analyst knows about me after uh, 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 consulting the statistical mm -hmm. database. So but then how, sorry, but then how can the database be useful? That is what I found quite difficult to understand because that basically means it has no useful information? Well, that was exactly our point, yeah. that fundamentally if you require such a thing from a database, you argue that the database cannot be useful. And so we have to come up with a different notion of what privacy means. And intuitively, our notion says that um, the risk of anything happening is essentially unchanged, not perfectly unchanged, but essentially unchanged, independent of whether any individual opts in or opts out of the database. So what happens to me is essentially unaffected by my decision of whether to join a statistical database or to refrain from joining it. Can you give an example that is tangible, maybe? Um, well, well now, let's be very careful. I'm talking about a statistical database. Yes, yeah. I'm, in what I'm talking about now, I'm assuming that the sort of the physical security of the data are insured yeah. and, that, and we're not addressing yeah. that. But when the database is operating the way it's supposed to, then what we want is that if we look at um, 
Well, you gave a very nice example before. You said, suppose the answer is uh, to a question is 50 when I'm not in the database. Mm -hmm. And the database gives an answer, well, 48 this time, 52 next time, and so on. And it's a little bit, it's, it's random, but it's close to the true answer. So now suppose I join the database and the true answer becomes 51. Well, again, it's going to be 48, sometimes 51, 52, sometimes. And so there's a little bit of slosh in there. And that slosh, if it's done the right way, will hide whether I'm there or not, right. even against an adversary who knew everybody else in the database. Right. They still wouldn't even really be able to tell whether I was there or not. So in this case, the 50, uh, correct answer 50 would be some, could be some sort of gen um, summary statistic, right. say like the average age of everyone in the database. And then only by me joining it, if I drove the average age up by 20 years, then that would identify me quite clearly but if you put enough slosh in there that sh I mean you should you should create a way of dealing with things so this doesn't happen that's right and in <laughs> fact interestingly averages are, are not so good but medians are much better yeah um, they're not as sensitive they're not as sensitive yeah, exactly. exactly okay well thank you very much that was very interesting so just to recap, Dwok and her colleagues first of all came up with a definition of privacy which is relatively easy to state in mathematical terms and they then also worked on trying to figure out um, <coughs> how much randomness um, should be added to answers to individual questions to ensure um, privacy. Now the work they did isn't entirely applicable yet because um, they did a little example where they assumed that each of us would be part of around 10,000 databases within our lifetime and calculated the risk of a breach of privacy. And they found that in order to ensure privacy, they would have to add so much randomness to the answer to each question that basically the answers just became random. <laughs> However, they're still working on it and um, this kind of very strictly mathematical approach will hopefully have um, fruitful results soon in the future. So um, that was a very interesting example of mathematics helping to protect you. And I'm off to the next round of talks. <laughs>